Hey, Madcaps, it's the Mad Chatter, Ryan MK here, and I just gotta say, well, the uh, salary captain, Mr. Aaron Stewart, and myself, we've got a great episode of the Dynasty Wonderland podcast for y'all this week. That's right, with a special guest, a one Santiago Casanova. That's right, the fantasy football Casanova. And you can find him on Twitter at BrotoFFCasanova. That's right. Dude is awesome, knows his stuff. He was a great, great guest. And my man Aaron got a little one-on-one time with him to do a little bit of an interview, get to know the man, the Casanova, a little bit. So make sure you stay tuned after the pod, the normal show, to check out that interview with Aaron and the fantasy Casanova himself. Enjoy the show. Podcast with me, the match at Orion MK. And as always, by my side, the salary captain, the March Heron, the man, Aaron Stewart. What's up, buddy? Oh, not much, man. Normally, this is the line where I say I look forward to Mondays because we get to record, but it's not fucking it's Monday. Saturday. It's oh, yeah. Monday. It's Saturday. But that's that's all right because even though it's a different schedule. We have an amazing guest with us today because we have a full set of just a list of guests. Last week was Josh Larkey. This week, we got another coder, another smart guy, another mathematics person, Santiago Casanova from Brodo Fantasy Football. Man, those those guys over there, they're doing some good stuff over there. Mm-hmm. And they have the app going. Yeah, yeah. So we have with us the one and only... Lead data analyst and app developer for Brodo Fantasy. We have the Santiago Casanova. What's up, buddy? Welcome to the Dynasty Wonderland. Thank you. I'm very yes. excited to be here. Good. Good. Excellent. We like we when have the no guests are excited. Huh? We have no nickname for him? I did. Uh, you know, I uh, uh, Casanova. Ooh. I mean, I don't know how I can come up with it. I mean, he's got Casanova in there. <laughs> I don't know how I topped that with a nickname. <laughs> I did believe it or not, even though I was busy, I tried and I was like, I just took he's the Honestly, I don't know. I think that's all I got, man. Honestly, it's a perfect like last name. Like his uh so we are some some wrestling fanatics over here. And it's just yeah. like that is it's that's a name that's just perfect for the airwaves. Like, you know, Santiago, if you're gonna create a wrestler, it is like a exactly. wrestling name, right? Which is a good thing. And that's it sounds a like a Casanova. <laughs> it's great it's great thank I love you it. thank you yes yes so we get into things because of course i've got a crazy week going on so we're shorter on time than we normally are well it's not like you know like midnight on a monday so 
we get right into things. Random football thoughts. What do we got going on? I, I, I think Aaron might have a little something, and then we'll go to our guest, Mr. Casanova, if he's got one himself. But Aaron, I, you've got something, right? Well, actually, I was going to defer to the guest on this one oh, because, oh, yeah, by all means. you know, this with the random football thoughts, it's like you and I, we kind of put our stuff out there last week. And shoot, I, I don't even want to steal something if the guest already has it. So I feel like each time this is to the guests that I know are listening or even the people that want to be guests, like you got to think about a random football thought to bring to the show. You got to help contribute to the Dynasty Wonderland. So I'm going to defer. <laughs> What is one random football thought that you have, Santiago? Ooh, uh, is it just football in general, fantasy related? Whatever you well, want, for, bro. For instance, we, you know, you take last week, I talked about like fantasy defense and kickers having some adjusted scoring for them. So having kind of some uh, a different scoring format to help not have a fantasy defense score like 30 points and then negative 10 the next week. Uh, something yeah. like that so anything you'd like to see i know you and i talked in the interview you've got a standard scoring league so i know you have some ideas that you want to see your league do um actually this is um, a little bit past scoring but one league i want to try this year i have to start recruiting people that i know are going to be active because it's a very demanding league I want it to be a combination between sort of dfs and redrafts where the standings for each week become the draft order and you draft weekly. So if you got the, the last place week one, you draft again week two and you have the first uh, first pick. So you draft constantly week to week and, and nothing it, that gives everybody a, a super fair chance to, to come out on top. I fucking love that idea. <laughs> I like it. I love new leagues. That's why I'm a huge guillotine league fan. I just love new shit. The guillotine league, I'm a fan. This sounds great. In, in, in a way, some similarities where it's more uh, you're, you're playing for that week, really. And so I love the idea. Love the idea. Well, and I think there's one, too. I actually thought of something live on the air. We talk about different league formats. Have you guys ever heard of a vampire league? Oh, yeah. I've heard the name but i don't know uh, what what what's that about so the idea is one member is assigned to be the vampire and the idea is each time he beats someone during the season like he's going to turn them into a vampire mm. as well so it's 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 kind of like survival right it's like can you make it through the full season without becoming a vampire interesting so the beginning is going to start off pretty easy, but then, I, and I think, correct me if I'm wrong on this, Ryan, is, is Vampire Leagues where the vampire doesn't actually draft their team? Like they have to, they have just the undrafted players to make a team or is that? I think that's what it is because I, I think that's right. But I'm getting, because there's another league that I came across that's almost inverse to that where you have, one guy that drafts his entire team and then the rest of the league gets to draft and it's the main goal of the whole league to take out the one guy okay and i love it so yeah there's definitely i love anything that's gonna add a twist to it because that's why i loved when they brought super flex along and then you get best ball you get all these new things because standard got boring after a while and 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 dynasty i mean that's what we love and so you, I'm down to try anything. And 
I love Casanova's idea, the vampire. We should definitely get a vampire league going because I remember I was real close to joining one last year and I didn't. So that would be fun as hell. Then kind of on the air here, put kind of some feelers out because I really like the work that all the guys over at Brodo Fantasy Football are doing. Maybe have a little nice little crossover. Maybe we can get like six people from Brodo and maybe six people from the underworld. Maybe we can get one of these leagues going. That would be very, very interesting for sure. Yeah. So if they're okay. listening. They're listening. We got we got to. I, I got some guys on, on Twitter. So <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna pester you guys. I'm, That's right. I'm gonna put I'm gonna put Josh uh Joe Mixon propaganda <laughs> out there to catch your attention. And then I'm gonna be like, I just want to do like a a, a league with you guys so you're <laughs> gonna good catfish strategy. you guys <laughs> it's great, great strategy it's one of many reasons i love aaron is, is i don't like to bother people and, and he'll just go and pester him and i and i'm like yeah go pester him get him on our show get him in lead. yeah go ahead because he's all down for him like that's cool <laughs> i gotta be the villain <laughs> hey and that's why i yeah well that's why i usually go heel in the games anyway all right <laughs> So, random football thoughts. Did you have anything else, Aaron? Because I'm good on talking that stuff. Yeah, I think just uh, the Vampire League idea that, that came to me. It's really the main point is for people out there that may, maybe aren't excited with fantasy football, it's you need to try some of these ideas. Like, there are so many just really cool ideas. Now, granted, it does take some committed people to do these types of things but if you find yourself getting bored and i know i've mentioned this a couple of times on the show but i was in that position a few years ago of just i was like i got six leagues and they're all the same thing like spice it up a little bit that's why we love the scott fishbowl that's uh, i had a league last year that started to do some scoring that you would expect in like a scott fishbowl and and i tell you it's you, you freaking you freaking love it and it just helps because it changes everything instead of Burning out the same rankings for seven different drafts, you have to adjust your rankings a little bit. So. For sure, yeah. For the listeners, like step out of your your comfort zone. You'll love it. It's the best. I love uncomfortableness. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> all right. So we're going to go ahead and continue on. We're going to talk a little Scott Fishbowl, okay? Because, uh, it, you know, Obviously, it's a big thing. All three of us were in it, and Aaron and I have done some talking on it, but most people are done with their drafting now. Santiago, tell us a little bit about kind of your strategy going into the draft. How did your draft go? And uh, if you want to share your team, we'll, we'll, we'll tell you what we think. Well, us Roto Underworld boys will we'll let us know what, what, how, how we think you did, if you, if you want. Sounds great. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the, the interesting part here, I'm sure will get brought up is that I am famously not a big fan of Joe Mixon. So <laughs> the fact that he ended up on my team for the Scott Fishbowl was kind of a, a, a bigger surprise. And the, the whole idea behind that is I was trying, uh, the seesaw RB strategy. The, uh, the name came from one of the guys over at Brodo and it's just uh, drafting guys at the top and, and at the bottom, avoiding RBs altogether in the middle rounds. So I wanted to get my anchor workhorse running back and I drafted him as the RB12, which I think is around where, where he, he'll finish. 
So he was my anchor running back. And I, then I prioritized wide receivers and left my RB2 slot more up to chance per se. Absolutely. And I, I became familiar with that seesaw running back term the more I was on the Brodo fantasy football site and seeing that. And I'm, I, I like that because it's, it's different. That's the major reason I like it is you, because so much of what we see on Twitter these days, we're going to see some nasty like debates, but of course the popular one, the one that always comes back each week, it seems zero RB, zero wide receiver seems that seesaw is the, the handshake, right? The, 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 yep. uh, the compromise right yep. there. And I think you're right. Like in a format like this, it's, you have to maximize potential and, you know, you, you see some rosters and Hey, people trying this strategy, it may work. And I'm honestly kind of rooting for it. One of the Twitter things was people getting really upset about a couple of teams that literally went zero RB, but you know, there is a thought process on it. So I, as always, like when I have friends or people I know and they're asking me, Hey, what do you think about my draft or things like that? I, I take a look and I have them talk to me kind of like what you just did of your strategy. And it's the major thing is if you have a strategy, then that's the major, major thing that, that I'm looking for is there's a thought process. There's a strategy you stuck to it. That's a lot better than just going in blind on that. So it, that's the, my favorite thing on Scott Fishbowl is you pull up all these different rosters and you go, wow, What's this person doing? What's this person yeah. doing? Do I draft a kicker? I, you know, I saw that you are a two quarterback person, just like me. Yes. I've seen some teams go five quarterbacks, and I'm like, ah, that's definitely a strategy too. I just <laughs> love that there's different bits. But Ryan, are you ready for this part? We get we get to tear apart. Well, actually, we get to, <laughs> we, get to we get to talk about some things that we like because there's a lot that I like. But we're also going to talk about some picks that we go. I haven't seen I it have yet. To be I may love it. You never know. <laughs> well, beauty of it. I've got it pulled up, and I guess I'm gonna gonna promote it too on the show. But uh, for people that want to compare rosters, there, if you Google Roto Grinders Scott Fishbowl, it's gonna be the first link that pops up. It is an awesome app by Josh ADHD, where one of the tabs you can select my team, and you can search for anyone's Twitter handle. And you can see their team. Like, that's how I was able to prepare for this. Um, little foreshadowing here. Santiago has one of my favorite, like, deep, deep end of the draft, like, stashes. And I couldn't get him on my team because I was targeting him around the round that you got him. <laughs> but I missed out on him. But if, if I need to buy some time here, I can gladly start. I got some players to talk about that I like. Maybe some that... I'm not a huge fan of, but I, as always, especially preparing for my redraft leagues, if I could be sold on them, if I presented with some good information, I'll change my mind. I did it last year with Will Fuller, but I'm going to start with one player early in the draft in round six that you got, 609. You got DJ Moore, wide receiver 19. Holy moly. Um, maybe it's because I just did a what 1500 word article that should be coming out this upcoming week maybe by the time this this podcast goes live or is available for the listeners it may be out already but dj moore he's getting drafted at four like 
he did have a disappointing year last year based on expectations because he finishes wide receiver 14 in full PPR leagues in 2019. Uh, everyone, myself included, was very excited for him. And then in the Joe Brady offense, DJ Moore kind of ran the, the wide receiver role that we expected Robbie Anderson to get. He was DJ Moore was the deep threat. Robbie Anderson played the slot. And I, I certainly thought it was going to be reversed. Robbie Anderson just run straight. DJ Moore get all the underneath stuff. But DJ Moore was not, not bad last year. If you go to playerprofiler.com and you look at the metrics, he has the efficiency, production, the opportunity. Really, there was one massive thing, or no, I guess like two massive things that shot him in the foot. One was he did have a drop problem last year. But the people that go, oh, like the drop problem is going to continue in 2021. Absolutely not. Just straight from this, this the research I did for the article, his drop rate skyrocketed because he had eight drops last year that, that was that was documented by player profiler, but his drop rate the two previous seasons was under 3%, which for a guy that's getting like 100 targets, a 3% drop rate, that's nothing. That's nothing at all. And DJ Moore, he maximized what, what he did get. Like when he he was one of 28 wide receivers that averaged 2.00 yards per route run. Um, and if you look at those 28 wide receivers, there there's a pretty strong correlation between that advanced stat and fantasy production as well. It was I want to say 13 of the top 16 wide receivers in fantasy points per game finished as one of those 28 in 2.00 yards per route run. Like it, DJ Moore was such an outlier in that group. And, and I have him, my article that's coming out is saying he's going to be the breakout wide receiver in 2021. And I, I have breakout as being a top 12, like being an actual wide receiver one. So the fact that you got him as your third wide receiver in the sixth round being drafted almost as a, uh, almost as, a late RB or sorry, wide receiver two. That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. That was I love really it. Happy about that. Yes. And the, I'll give you my deep, deep guy that I really like was Dalton Schultz round 19, 1904 draft is tight end 30. But I was excited for Blake Jarwin last year. It was tight end on a good offense. Usually sometimes we have to make it just really simple. Like, that's tight end. If you're not grabbing one of the top two or three guys, it's it's a it's honestly a crapshoot. And at that point, just give me guys that are on good offenses, especially late in a draft like this. Like you talked about DFS at the start of the podcast. That's kind of what the Scott Fishbowl is. Like it, it is um, it is daily fantasy sports. It's best ball in a way. I mean, yes, you're setting a lineup, but even in those late rounds. Man, take a take a dart throw on a high potential guy because exactly. I'm not sold that Jarwin's gonna be like the t- like Schultz was good. Schultz was good when he filled in for Jarwin. Schultz was good with Dak Prescott throwing him the football. I think we just assume Jarwin's gonna come in and get like all the all the targets at tight end. And it may be a nasty little split at, at tight end, but you know what? Where Blake Jarwin's going in, in drafts versus Dalton Schultz. Give me Dalton Schultz a hundred percent of the time. Absolutely, and you got yeah. him as your tight end three. So yeah, like I saw that. I was like, Oh, that's what I wanted in my 19th round. And I think someone went like round 17. And I was like, oh, I wasn't expecting. That. 
<laughs> so those are two guys I like. Now I get to uh, do a heel turn. I, I, I got, got a couple of guys I'm, I'm not completely sold on here. Let and one is, one is if you're Roto Underworld, you know where the first one's going to go. You took a kicker, a kicker <laughs> in the 14th <laughs> round. <laughs> so I, I have to be sold on this one first because I'm, I'm not completely against kickers, like, but I was more like if it's 20, 21st, 22nd round, and I'm looking for, you know, if it's just there's nothing out there, I'm like, yeah, at least the kicker should do something. But 14th, I was like, wow, that's – there's a – I'm curious who is still on the board, but sell me on Jason Sanders here, the Miami Dolphins kicker. Well, uh, the whole thing began – well, during my prep, I, I told myself if I look at the draft board and there's no one I'm particularly excited about, I'm going kicker. You know, okay. that's – <laughs> that's the the opportunity that the Scott Fish Bowl brought this year. So um, you know, just to partake in the the, the spirit of the Scott Fish Bowl and in the 14th round, I looked at the players available. Nothing really stood out to me. Sure, there are some good players, but I, nothing I was very excited about. So I just decided to go with Jason Sanders, who I think is probably the the top kicker here available. Because he's a very good, consistent kicker and also gets schemed into gadget plays in the the mm. Dolphins offense and scores touchdowns. Has happened, I think, two years in a row or two games last year, something like that. So that was like a sneaky... I mean, obviously, it's totally random and it's going to be very hard to predict. But I, I like the fun aspect of the, the kicker touchdown from time to time. Absolutely. Hey, that was something I didn't, I didn't even think of. I, and so, like, that's, that's an excellent point is... I didn't think about that at all. Hey, I mean, when when you play in a league with, I believe, 1,920 people, (laughs) you have to think outside the box. So, like, kind of that thinking with the kicker. Yes, people listening may go, yeah, but where are the odds of that happening? But who knows? Maybe that one play ends up being what wins. What what wins you the the match of that week. So, that was was great. so the the other one that <laughs> the other one I'll go a little early on this one is Juju Smith Schuster. So you know I saw you go wide receiver early, went wide receiver rounds four through six, and then Juju. I guess does this mean that you think that Ben Roethlisberger is still going to be good? That seems to be one of the big debates. Is we have the receivers early, but not Big Ben. What do you think on on Juju? Yeah, I mean, I think Big Ben wasn't 100% last year. So he's not going to be a lead Super Bowl caliber quarterback, but he's going to get the ball to his receivers. And two, I got Juju as the wide receiver 33 off the board. So I think that's undervaluing him. I think he can be a consistent wide receiver two week to week. So getting him as my, I think, number four guy, on the roster and as a wide receiver 33 off the board and combined with his extremely low a dot last year if he gets the same amount of targets or even a little bit less targets his a dot's bound to go up it was just comically low last year because i think big bang wasn't full uh at full power capacity i don't know so if he starts slinging the ball a little bit more his a dot goes a little bit higher the the points skyrocket well, I wanted to make sure that it wasn't just a homer pick because we did find out in the interview you're a Steelers fan. So I am. 
as we discussed, as long as there's a strategy on that, I'm good with that. And I, and I know you're smart guys. So. I never draft uh, with the team bias. Absolutely never. Good, good. Well, I think I'll rest my case. So I'll go back. I'll go back on and look at those players. But Ryan, you got anything for Santiago here with his team? Um, well, of, of, of course, the kicker. I, I understand now <laughs> a little bit, but uh, um, really maybe a couple little things. The only, my only problem is I'm a bit, and this is just going against my personal preference when it's super flex, no matter what standard dynasty doesn't matter three QBs. And because I've done two and then you lose one and then you try and find a second one on the waiver wire. And if you have any other injuries on your team, you're in trouble. I like to have three quarterbacks and I like to have it at where I have a stud and I have a solid, you know, guy that's been around a while, someone I can just count on when need be. And then a young guy for the upside. And that's what I did in the fishbowl. So I, I, I actually love Tannehill and it, I'm down for any quarterback that provides rushing upside because oh, yeah, those yeah. are the quarterbacks I want to go after. And then the only the I would be okay even going two. But but you went fits. <laughs> and and I'm just worried because maybe at the end you maybe grab, grab some Taylor Heineke or something because uh, what I'm worried about is if he goes from Fitz magic to the Fitz tragic, uh, all of a sudden here comes someone else. So th- that's what I'm worried about w- with your quarterback situation. But other than that, I fucking, love, I mean, like I said, you got Tannehill, you got Joe Mixon. I'm not the biggest Mixon fan either, but I do believe he will have a good year this year. And Darren Waller, fuck yeah, that's the way you do it. Did you draft? What'd you draft? Ninth? Okay. I, like, I did. Yeah. yeah. Dude, that, I did the same thing. I went, well, I, did I go tight end quarterback or was it the other way around? But I went quarterback tight end my first two picks as well. So I love what you did there. I, the, the receivers are fucking ridiculous. Like you said, Juju Smith is your fourth. And then Will Fuller, yeah. Jamison Crowder uh, took a chance on Darius. Cause I did this too. I did this too with, um, with the end of my Scott fishbowl draft rookie wide receivers. I took a, a, a couple yeah. of them. And so I'd have to look at my damn team again anyway, but, but so you took a few yourself. I love that as well. So really I like a lot of what you did little worried about the quarterbacks and, uh, and, and yeah, yeah, I'm still not sold on the kicker, but otherwise I, I, I love what you did, my man. Yeah, that's fair on the, on the quarterbacks. Uh, my reasoning behind that is that I'm not treating it as a super flex league. Mm. I treat it as a, as a one QB league. Because last year, I remember QBs and their super flex were the death of everyone. You were getting, outside of the top QBs, everyone was getting you two points, negative points. And, and mm-hmm. that's not what you want because the QB scoring in SFB is, is different. You get minus four for interceptions and I think uh, minus extra two if they take it back to the house. So I'm not looking to start a QB weekly. Yeah. I'm using that flex as just a regular flex. Okay. And if I can get like a good matchup, I know maybe Fitz has a good matchup, has been playing well. I'll start him at the Superflex, but it's not something I'll be doing week week in, week out. That's actually, I, I really like that explanation because <laughs> that's that's an aspect I hadn't entirely, well, I shouldn't say that. There was somewhere during the draft where I, I started to think, 
I feel like I maybe should have thought about the negative aspects of the quarterback a little bit more. Um, <laughs> but I guess I'll learn in the first couple of weeks and adjust and go from there. But is I do like what you're saying there because it makes a lot of fucking sense. Uh, Aaron, anything else to wrap up the fishbowl before we move on? Oh, no, it's always interesting hearing people's viewpoints on things because, as I said, best thing about Scott Fishbowl is everyone goes in with a hundred different strategies, it seems, for, for the way to draft. And it's going to be fun to see how it works. And we, we, the hosts and the listeners, got to hear about the Seesaw running back draft strategy. Yes, indeed. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back and finish things up. We'll be right back. Okay, we are back. We are back. We are back. And before we get into a little bit of of fun with uh, uh, a little game I like to call uh, the bro game, the the fantasy bro game, we're going to have a little fun with that here in a minute. But before we do, I want to let the Casanova, Mr. Santiago, I want to let him talk about the R-Y-O-E model, and some of this stuff, you know, this is something that doesn't particularly like Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon's on your Scott. Oh, by the way, I did see uh, some some banter about that on Twitter. It is pretty <laughs> funny that that got brought. So tell us a little bit about this, um, what it means with Mixon, you know, give us the details about this particular model. Sure. Um, this is uh, my first, well, no, it was my first, but my biggest analytics and machine learning project for the, the football industry. Uh, the way it works is it takes various inputs, like situational inputs, so yard line, quarter, um, uh, the down, and, and just I think it's 14 features it takes in. And it outputs an expected rushing yards for that play. And then it evaluates the running back over or under expected, depending on the outcome of the play. And then we aggregate it all season and we get our final ranking numbers for expected rushing yards and rushing yards over expected. Nice. So would it be, I think one of the questions that someone may have when they use this excellent model that you have is that there's there's two main components I saw. And correct me if I'm wrong on this. I saw an expected rushing yards and a rushing yards over expected. I believe I've got a pretty good idea of, of the difference between the two. It seems that a rushing yards over expected is more of analyzing how well a running back did. The expected rushing yards would be maybe to find a value uh, for a guy in drafts, maybe more predictive analysis, like to find the undervalued running back that 
maybe they didn't perform well last year, but the numbers say, hey, like he's he should have done better. Sometimes players, they have bad seasons. We talked about DJ Moore, the problem with the drops. And, you know, if he goes back to what he did the two previous seasons, he's going to be fine. So it, am, am I right on that? That one, that the expected rushing yards is predictive and that the rushing yards over expected is more analyzing that previous season? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I've done many studies regarding year-to-year stickiness and, and, and whatnot with the, the model. And rushing yards over expected are not very sticky year-to-year. They're more of a, you know, like you said, it's uh, analyzing after the fact. So you know how well or, 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 or bad a player did in that season. But it's not something that's likely to stick. However... Expected rushing yards are very sticky, even stickier than yards per carry. So if you see, uh, uh, if you want to predict yards per carry in year N plus one, and you take yards per carry in year N, it's not as good as taking expected rushing yards in year N and predicting yards per carry in year N plus one. So they're a better indicator of a, of a player's true yards per carry, if we, if we want to put it like that. I like that. I like that because anyone that's playing Dynasty Leagues, you're, you're looking for these types of things. I love predictive analysis. So I'm, I have been looking at that model there and I, I'm, I'm ecstatic. Like anything that can kind of give me a glimpse into the future. Um, I guess probably a follow-up question on that is wh- what does it say about a player when they're at the, t- at the top of both the expected rushing yards and the rushing yards over expected? I mean, that's exactly what you want because uh, a high expected rushing yards means their true yards per carry are likely around that range and they will continue to produce at, at that rate and a high rushing yards over expected mean that they even exceeded that and they were better so they actually might increase their expected rushing yards in the following year and still crush uh, a high yards per carry so that's just the power combination yeah, you hear that ryan we got the cheat code right there we know what to look for we know what to look for to find a running back. That's going to be great when we have a uh, an upcoming debate. So uh, probably a f- one more follow-up question I have on the top of my head is, so we know that there's one that's going to be in the debate, and we're not going to talk about him. Besides him, what is probably your favorite player in that model? Well, maybe even a shocking one, too. I, I have a shocking one. Actually, uh, it's a player that is in both in the top 10 for rushing yards over expected attempt. And it's actually number one in, in rushing over expected rate, which is just the percent of carries with an actual positive over expected rate. I'll give you one chance to guess and then I'll, I'll tell you. By any chance, was it from was it from the article? On that one, because I may like pass my guess because I think I'm it's not gonna... in the the, oh, okay. the debate article I wrote. No, let's see one player. Oh man, uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think of Nick Chubb, Eric very Henry. close, but no, both incorrect. We're both incorrect. <laughs> okay, okay, well, I figured Damian I was Harris. incorrect. Who Damian Harris. Oh, oh shit. He had nice. the highest rushing over expected percentage and he was 10th in rushing yards over expected per attempt. Okay, so is this possibly telling us cuz Damian Harris has been uh it's been a, just a little bit since I've done a best ball draft, but like he was going around like pick like 
late 80s, maybe right before pick 100, I believe, in ADP. Actually, if you give me just one second, I can pull them up. Player Profiler has an excellent, like in the top left corner, for people that don't know, you can actually get underdog ADP. So as this page loads here, we're going to find his ADP. Come on. We need some good internet connection, but like he seems to be going around like eight, around eight or nine. So right now his ADP is 87.9 and it's actually dropped a couple of spots. So when you talk about how that seesaw draft running back draft strategy is your model basically saying, hey, get your, maybe if you go Joe Mixon to <laughs> maybe choose a Damian Harris as like the, the RB2 there. Is oh, this yeah. like, this is the target for like seesaw running back strategy? I wouldn't have him as my RB2 because of the, the murkiness around the New England backfield, mm -hmm. but he was definitely a target of mine in the Scott Fishbowl. I unfortunately wasn't able to get him. He got taken before, but he's definitely a, a, a deep target when you're doing the, the seesaw strategy. Love it. Love it. Hey, because that's, that's the one that is very divisive too on, on fantasy. I've, I like his, even on player profiler, his, his profile has some very nice stats too. Just I've, I've already got pulled up. So some of the, some of the stat, his true yards per carry, which I guess there would be um, some similarities. We'd expect guys in your rushing yards over expected model to also grade very well in true yards per carry, which factors out like long runs and more situational as well. Like he 4.8 true yards per carry, number six amongst all running backs. He had a breakaway run rate of 5.1%. That was RB16. A juke rate, uh, which is evaded tackles, a 28.2% juke rate was number eight. Yards created per touch in the top 10. Like there's a lot, so many good things. He faced the number one average defenders in the box. And despite that, still averaged a very healthy 4.8 yards per carry when he faced a stack box. All the, the formation-specific stats in particular on his player profile, we see that he is a good runner. And the run-blocking efficiency wasn't really there. It, it was number 32 amongst running backs. So, wow, I, I think that player profile page, with your rushing yards over expected model, like uh, if when Damian Harris has a big season this year, especially on the ground, I don't think – any of us three are going to be surprised by it. Absolutely not. Love it. Yeah, no, Actually, uh, you oh, mentioned – oh, sorry. No, go, go ahead. ahead. Um, you mentioned the, the true yards per carry takes away long runs and, <laughs> and et cetera. The thing with expected rushing yards is it's never going to predict or, or expect a player to go 70 yards. That's not something yeah. you, you, you will ever expect. That's why it keeps it more grounded and, and truer to the running back's uh, average, I suppose. It's, not, it's taking away those long runs or just unfortunate stops in the backfield and, and averages it out. Awesome. So, yeah, that... I like that you kind of peeled the curtain back and kind of told us what went into that. And, and you said 14 factors. Holy moly. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, I mean, there's for anyone that is doubting this model, if you are hearing the amount of details, it sounds like Santiago has thought of anything and everything that could possibly go into predicting rushing success. So if you're not already, well, and, well let's see. Let, let's see real quick because you have oh. something on here I wanted to ask him about because the, you got a note on here. Okay, you take Edwards, 
or Clyde Edwards Hilaire and Austin Eckler. You take those guys very similar in both aspects. So when you look at two guys like that, what does decide the tiebreaker? What, what, what swings it one way or the other? Um, I mean, just building rankings for, for just preseason or draft rankings. Mm. I have a lot of factors and for running backs more like Austin Eckler or Clyde Edwards Hiller, I might weigh in the rushing yards over expected or expected rushing yards a little bit lower because that's not how they make their money. You know, that they're receiving backs and we saw okay. week one last year, Clyde Edwards Hiller just trying to pound himself into the end zone and it wasn't happening. And, you know, Eckler, his main attribute is his receiving ability. So when I'm looking at those guys, I'm trying to evaluate their receiving and their overall situation rather than just their pure running. That's not what's best about those guys. Gotcha. Gotcha. That's a pretty tough one, man. That's a good one, Aaron, because I don't know who I'd go with. (laughs) They're they're so close and it's very around different. Yeah. I can tell you I have uh, Austin Eckler ranked a little bit higher. I was going to say, I'd probably lean Eckler, but yeah, that's a good one. Okay, so you have J.K. Dobbins. Is that who you were referring to, Aaron? Yes, so to give a little backstory here, (laughs) we're going to plug anything and everything Brodo fantasy football here. And Santiago actually, not, not only does he create these awesome models, but then he'll, he'll put out articles too. And usually the articles go hand in hand with his models. He had an article that was the top, these were the top two sophomore running backs in the model. If I believe I had that right, like even like about Jonathan Taylor, like looking at like rushing yards over expected. Yeah. Now Taylor was still good, but like these were like the two that I noticed were like top and you had an article about J.K. Dobbins versus DeAndre Swift, 2021. Like, who has the advantage? Because this is a good debate to have. Both running backs are going around the similar ADP. Like, they they are going in towards right now. It's best ball draft season, but I'm seeing end of round three, start of round four, and choosing the right one in the situation could be the difference between winning. And losing your league and read the article and you had a neck and neck there the interesting thing you had dobbins over swift and reason i thought this would be a great great debate is especially here in the roto underworld we're actually reversed we we really like deandre swift we don't hate dobbins uh but it's we, we feel that the general consensus you ask anyone that works at roto underworld is we feel that deandre swift is, is a league winner. So for listeners, you're in for a treat because you're going to hear both sides. We're going to have a debate. We're going to have DeAndre Swift from the Roto Underworld side versus J.K. Dobbins on the Brodo Fantasy Football side. Now, the purpose on this for listeners is you make your own decisions. Take the information that Ryan's going to have for DeAndre Swift and Santiago's going to have for J.K. Dobbins. Oh, and wait, wait. Make your own conclusion. <laughs> Uh oh! I, oh, I you wanted to... you wanted me to take Swift. Uh oh. Well, I can. T- <laughs> I am prepared because I can take Swift if you need me to. So is it? Yeah, because I was going to interrupt you and say, uh, uh, oh. 
this debate is going to be between y'all because here's the here's the deal and we're, <laughs> i'm ready we're, for it no here's the deal we're actually going to start the fucking fantasy bro game right now with this i'm going to spin this wheel Whatever number yes. it lands on for each of you, that's how many times you have to use a bro word while in this discussion. And that's reason. I love number, it. Reason number two is, you know me, or you should know me by now, man. I don't always flow with consensus. And on this one, I'm with my man, Ooh. Santiago, because uh, Dynasty, and you know me, I'm a Dynasty diehard. Give me JK all day long baby so i'm gonna find this but i love me some swift too so it's a very close one for me but if i'm gonna give the edge i gotta go dobbin so i did i'm gonna find this one interesting myself i'm ready let's do it i'm ready for it all right here we go here we go oh right off the bat five five bro words in your argument all right for which person (laughs) Yeah, that's, that's the first part. <laughs> oh, no, no. Here's what we'll do. Aaron, you go first. You get five. All right. No, no. I'll spin for Santiago on his turn. So, so Aaron, like five bro words in your DeAndre Swift argument. Are you ready, sir? I'm ready. I'm okay. Ready. This is going to be fun. So first thing I'm going to say is I've got a, a problem. Oh, not a problem, <laughs> a problem. And that's because I've still got to fit four more bro words in this. <laughs> but we're going to try. I, I am a professor in DeAndre Swift. And the reason we like DeAndre Swift is the passing game. I know, I know, I know. It's very shallow. And we'll get a little deeper. But we do have to address the elephant in the room. Is that when it comes to the passing game, J.K. Dobbins, Dobbins is not involved as much. I don't think it's a lack of talent, but Lamar Jackson just does not target running backs, really anyone, that often. In particular, to give some numbers, DeAndre Swift averaged 4.4 targets per game versus Dobbins 1.6. Almost triple the triple the targets. Now, let's see if I can fit another throw word. Oh. This is such a, um, I don't mean to get prolytical here. I don't know if I can make that one. <laughs> I, I'm going to get a little prolytical because we talk about run blocking, right? And J.K. Dobbins is on a team that runs the ball very well and often. But for DeAndre Swift, the run blocking isn't bad either. Most of or all my stats are going to be from player profiler. A little bit of a homer here, but I have promise I actually do have some stats from Broto Fantasy Football. Let's start with run blocking efficiency. He had an 81.0 grade that was number 29 amongst running backs. That's not bad because these are also going to be backup running backs that get graded as well. Uh oh, what does that say? I can't read it. Oh, does it say a slave? <laughs> <laughs> but with the run blocking efficiency for Swift, they also drafted an offense tech. Like the offensive line, sneaky good here. And one of the other things in the rushing game is, yes, J.K. Dobbins is on the team that ran the ball the most. But DeAndre Swift was on the team that ran the ball almost the least. It was 22.9 attempts, number 30. The reason I bring this up is that there, there should be more rushing attempts in Detroit 
Like just naturally, Dobbins with the Ravens, number one, they can only go down, right? Like, I don't know, especially the investment of receivers, they they shouldn't be running the ball 34.7 times. But there is a shot for DeAndre Swift in this offense that lost off all the receivers to run the ball maybe more. And if they're running the ball more, probably Swift is going to be seeing an uptake, an uptick in his rushing, uh, rushing volume. Now, I know it's a bromance here with me and Swift. Uh-huh. I got to check that one off. <laughs> I, I have a bromance with DeAndre Swift. And it's because of his involvement in the pass game. It's not just the targets. I I ran the numbers with the player profiler data analysis tool. There were a hundred running backs last year that ran 30 routes, just 30, not a big, big number there. I calculated target rate, which is simple ratio. It is targets over routes run. So target rate is when they are running routes, they are, they are being targeted heavily because we know, PPR formats, targets better more than twice as much as carries in terms of fantasy points. Swift was number 14th in target rate. It was around 27%. Of the 100 running backs, J.K. Dobbins was one of the 30, or sorry, one of the 100 that ran 30 routes. He finished number 97 with a 12%. Thank you, Lamar Jackson, on that one. Such a... uh, what word are we going to use? I guess a controversy with J.K. Dobbins, the lack of a passing game involvement. Going over to the rushing yards over expected model, a Swift still graded really well, especially the rushing yards over expected. And is this rushing yards over – what's ROE percent? Is rushing over expected – wait. Right. There yeah, was yeah, yeah. this definition. That's, that's it. Yeah, yeah, it was rushing like the percentage – Basically, it was a percentage of like positive plays, right? Yeah, exactly. Do I have the gotchas? And, and Swift did really well in this. He was number 17th in rushing yards over expected and six in, in the stat that when we talked about Damian Harris being at the top of the board here, Damian Harris was tops in this, like more positive plays than negative plays. Like Swift is effective on the ground. It's just he had some games where the old coaching uh, regime just didn't use him. Like, I go back to week three where he had zero carries and yes, Swift's good catching the ball, but how are you not going to run the ball with them? And those first four weeks, he didn't exceed five carries, but man, when they finally started to let him go, your model showed and the advanced stats at player profiler, the dude can run. He's, he's dual threat. I do believe Dobbins can catch passes, but we look at what both teams did. The Detroit lions lost all the, all the receiving talent, all the surrounding offensive skill positions besides Swift. They have Hawkinson, Swift, and then we don't even want to talk about the receivers. Whereas Baltimore actually was kind of different. Like Baltimore still has Gus Edwards. He's not going to go away. And Mark Andrews is there at tight end, but they did, they invested in the receiving core, notably with Rashad Bateman, a first round pick investment. They also took Tylen Wallace as a, as a mid-round guy. Uh, they signed Sammy Watkins. Yes, Watkins is not going to be fantasy relevant, but he's going to get some volume there. And he's an upgrade over Willie Sneed. Uh, this, can I fit one more? I think I got five words, five bro words, but 
I guess if, if DeAndre Swift was here, I'd, I'd give him a bro, a brocade of flowers. There, I think I got six words, brocade of flowers. I had fun with all these, all these pro words. I think that is probably the worst argument I've ever had to do, <laughs> ever had to do because I was distracted by bro words. But I think considering the situation there, I got all my talking points through. Thought it was fantastic. So sell me on Dobbins. Very solid. Yeah, excellent. Okay, Santiago, your turn. Oh, 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 wait, 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 wait. Yeah, spin. Spin the wheel. Zero, isn't he? Two. It's rigged. It's <laughs> Perfect. This one I can't rig, Aaron. <laughs> I mean, I kind I kind of did in a, a little bit of a way. But anyway, so two bro words for you, Mr. Casanova. Give us your thoughts, your argument for Mr. Dubbins. Okay, I'm ready. Um, <laughs> the, the main thing with uh, the target argument, yes, it's very true that Lamar Jackson does not target running backs. He, he They have been, I think, 31st and 32nd for the Lamar era in Baltimore in terms of targets per game to running backs. We mentioned, or we will mention, my article about where do targets come from. And the most important factor uh, for running backs is, is QB play. So... they are very dependent on who is throwing the ball. And Matthew Stafford is very, I mean, top 10, top 12 year year in, year out. But Jared Goff is actually a bro tom of the barrel in that stat. He has been 30th 30th and 31st, I think, in the past two years, uh, just comparing to the, the past two Lamar years. So he's just, it's Goff and then Lamar in terms of starting running, starting QBs in terms of passing to the running back. Now, Anthony Lynn is famous for passing to the running back. You know, Austin Eckler had, saw his rise to fame under Anthony Lynn. And that maybe evens things out and gives Swift a slight advantage in the passing game. But still, bottom line is, one, Jamal Williams is there now. And two, Goff is a significant decrease in, in t- running back targets in terms of or compared to Stafford. So that's a hit that Swift is going to take. Now, the next argument is with uh, brushing yards over expected or brushing yards over expected, rather. And yes, yeah, Swift was, was very good. He was a little bit behind Dobbins in the final leaderboard. And the main thing is when we're talking about the model, the predictive aspect is expected rushing yards, not so much rushing yards over expected because those fluctuate. And while Dobbins was second in expected rushing yards, Swift was 45th or 43rd, I believe. So he is expected to regress his yards per carry a lot more than Dobbins is, even though Dobbins already had a monster season in terms of yards per carry. But uh, Swift is likely to take a step, a step back and according to the models, around 45th for qualified running backs. So that's not a good point in his favor. Just furthermore, when we talked about that, how what would it be like if a player was both top in expected rushing yards and rushing yards over expected? 
Well, Dobbins is top in expected rushing yards, rushing yards over expected, and uh, rushing over expected percent. He's the only back that's top 10 in all categories, even explosive rate and EPA, whatever category you put on, he is top 10. That's just something you can ignore. And especially in, in a run-heavy offense like Baltimore, if Lamar Jackson is going to be opening space and Dobbins can take advantage of it, he's just going to excel because that's what he does. That's why I, I like him better in the long run. So maybe maybe with this, I'll have a bropiphany. <laughs> That's a little bit. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> I know. There, there was a couple of his. I'm glad he went six because there was certainly a couple of questionable <laughs> bro words it was, in there. It was a catastrophe. <laughs> hey, there you go. I like that one better. You know what I say? I have like 25 bro words right here and <laughs> and having to go back and forth between my notes and the bro words. Oh man, I, I think I I think I got myself off <laughs> Back when I lived but, in Iowa, I worked at a Domino's and me and this other delivery driver, also named Ryan, we used to have a blast because we would just throw bro words back and forth and i remember our main ones would he i he would call me bronado and i would call him brobot so that was our main <laughs> ones that we used he was brobot i was bronado but there was also brosiden from the brotion oh yeah that's yep. one of my favorites it, and we have i mean there's one that's so obvious there but like there's a term for this we we just took the listeners through a brocabulary lesson. Uh, <laughs> good, that's good. Chewbacca liked it, man. There you go. You did a good job. <laughs> Chewie liked it. Uh, that could actually be the name of the show here. Brocabulary lessons. <laughs> that's a great Bro idea. Roto fantasy football. Oh, and, and also, I, I did notice, I, I it's, I, I, after you guys saw it, I looked at it and I was like, correlation is a corollary. That's what it, the alpha. <laughs> Damn it. That's well, what I mean. was great is when you were showing me that, like, I couldn't see it. It was just the glare. <laughs> no, so yeah, I, like, I noticed <laughs> the glare and it was in pen. So I was like, I'm going to put it in marker. And then I put it in. I'm like, there's still the glare. So, oh, that's just, what I should have just I want done. you to know, I want you to know that with us being a Roto Underworld here and you taking the Dobbin side, all I gotta say is at two bro tay. Is what? Oh man. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> say say it one more time, Mr. Aaron. At two bro tay. Two bro tay. Brute. I think Santiago. <laughs> it's yeah, yeah, yeah. It might be a stretch. It might be a stretch. I, mean, I don't know if you time. can. Oh no, not another one that's a stretch. Latin, but. <laughs> Latin's a stretch, let me tell you. I'm a brofisticated guy. What can I say? <laughs> you do just have a, just a fucking giant list right next to you, don't you? You got a list. Yep, right there. You know. Okay. And I, I saved. I didn't go for the easy ones. Potato chip, you know, protein shake. That was for Twitter. Right. <laughs> Brotate. Yeah. Yeah, you can't. I'm glad you didn't go too easy. While some of them 
were very much a stretch. I, I, may, I, I guess I go ahead and take trying to go outside the box as opposed to, yeah, going with the easy ones. I, I'll give you some credit there, Mr. Aaron. I'll give you some credit. All right. We're going to go ahead, get the hell out of here. Let Mr. Casanova get on with his life. And, and literally, this has been such an insane week. Sorry for all the drama, fellas, but I'm glad we got together and got Santiago on the show because it was great. He's fantastic. We got to have you back when we can have a more normal week and maybe play another, <laughs> another version of the bro game because that, that was kind of fun. But this is a perfect example of how my week is gone. So correlation, correlation, whatever. Okay. Any final thoughts, fellas? It's a fun episode. Thanks really for joining was. us, Santiago. Yeah, yeah, had a man. great time. I'd love to be back if you have me. Well, definitely. Well, we'll we'll try and be less messy next time. <laughs> All right, we're gonna get the hell out of here. And this tea party. Once again, Santiago Casanova. Check him out on Twitter. Thank you much for joining. Don't forget to check out at Pod on Twitter. Follow us. Aaron, I love you, bro. Thanks for getting the Casanova on the show. We got it. Absolutely. And come back to the Dynasty Wonderland. Yes. Plenty of guests to come. And more bro vocabulary to be learned in the future. <laughs> We've got a special here on the Dynasty Wonderland podcast. I've got just me, no, no Ryan, no mad chatter right now for this segment. And we've got a special guest on with us, Santiago Casanova. If you're not following him, you need to at Casanova. Did I get that Twitter handle right? That's perfect. 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 You guys absolutely need to follow Santiago. This dude is so smart. Hey, I... I look at the numbers and I can analyze it, but he is actually running and creating some of these numbers that we need to use to make you a smarter fantasy football player. So Santiago, how are you doing, man? I'm doing great. Thank you for inviting me. I'm very excited. Absolutely. Well, we just had Josh Larkey on last week. So I was like, man, try to kind of schedule our guests to where yeah, stay in the same realm. We got some smart guys that do do the coding that, that are coming out with metrics that, hey, like I am not a film grinder. Like, and sometimes on weekends, I don't watch the games, mainly because <laughs> Monday through Friday, I'm writing articles and I'm researching and I've got nieces that I want nothing more to do on the weekend than to just spend time with them. And my football team is the Dallas Cowboys. Usually they're not worth watching. So that's actually a nice little segue into my first question for you. Like, who is your NFL team? My NFL team's the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh Steelers, gotcha. Yes, sir. What's, what's the story behind that? Is there a ways away from you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not really sure how that began. I can tell you that the two or three most popular NFL teams in Mexico are uh, the Steelers, the Cowboys, and the Raiders. I think mainly due to their success in the 70s, 80s, and that generation just passed it on to their children. There go me. So I couldn't tell you where it came from, honestly, but that's, that's my theory. 
gotcha. I guess the Raiders make some sense too. It's California, so it's it's close. And then I could see it with the Steelers because even even here in the United States, it's like it. You're going to find Cowboys fans everywhere. You're also going to find Steelers fans everywhere. They're going to carry those yellow towels everywhere. So I I could see it. I could see it. I just didn't know if there was any, like, uh, you know, uh, if it's the team kind of like me, I just – I inherited it from family. Like it's, it's all I know. And my goodness, the almost Cowboys almost ruined football for me. It wasn't <laughs> fantasy football. I probably wouldn't care about the NFL. <laughs> uh, kind of with the, the next question is speaking of like fantasy football. So how long have you been playing fantasy football? Mm, probably about five or six years. I don't have the exact number. I'd say, I'm going to say six. I started in middle school with a league with my friends. So I just came out from there. Nice. Yeah, I think that was kind of the same for me, not the amount of time. I think I'm a little bit older than you, but like <laughs> middle school, it was funny enough. I yeah. am, I mean, I'm a basketball fan. I got my San Antonio Spurs um, hoodie on right now. And I actually got this at cheap price, like 20 bucks. It, nice. Of course, it was Arlington, Dallas, Dallas area. So, of course, like Maverick County is going to sell Spurs stuff at much cheaper price, but I'll take advantage of that. Um, but for me, it was fantasy basketball I first got into. Now, I, anyone that follows fantasy sports, it's just there's not much of a following. So played, I, I think it was years playing fantasy basketball first. And then I got into fantasy football late middle school, like into high school. I remember playing standard scoring leagues. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's funny how these things start. So. Like, do you, do you still have a home league that you play in? Yeah, that first league is still going and it still gets standard scoring. So I, I can relate to that. <laughs> uh, I've tried to get them to change it. They won't budge. So I'll just keep playing the same running league. Six years going, standard scoring. Nice. Hey, those things are the best, though, because you have history and you, you build up these rivalries. And you know what I'll say is just from experience, too, because I had the same problem of like, the home league didn't want to get away from standard scoring, but yeah. you know, each year we always have voting on rules and we bring it up and we always kind of bring the numbers, the numbers up to that say, look like PPR is just better, <laughs> you know, or at least, at least do a half PPR something. Yeah. And, and you'd be surprised. There are things that didn't change in our league for years, but then the more you keep talking about it and you know, you talk about, you talk with your individual friends as well. And you just show me like, Hey, like, I'm not just trying to change this because I'm a big shot on Twitter and fantasy football, <laughs> you know, it's cause it, it makes, it makes the game better uh, on that. Sure. It's more enjoyable. And you know, if, if the league's the same old, same old every year, people are going to get bored and it's hard to get those members motivated to come back. So change it up a little bit each year. So yeah, yeah, keep at sure. it. You're gonna have to um you have to do the coding and like show them the, the correlation between I don't know PPR leagues and fantasy football enjoyment. <laughs> I can try, I can try. I've been trying for years, so I mean <laughs> I can tell you it's a tough battle. Yeah, I, I get it, I get it. And I, I think was that would it be that having your middle school friends that maybe weren't as obsessive about fantasy football is that what oh, kind yeah, of led you to twitter and finding all of this crazy all the crazy community we got is that what led you to twitter not sure what led me to twitter i i was a twitter user for fantasy for many years but never tweeted about fantasy just uh, followed accounts followed advice and whatever asked for start set questions you know your average 
fantasy guy. But as, as I started getting deeper into the numbers, you know, I'm a math major. So oh. I like that kind of stuff. Uh, it just pulled me in, c- combined my two worlds of math and fantasy. And that, that one uh, just made me want to go to the next level and just become more of a researcher type. Fantastic. And, and as I mentioned at the start of this too, like people need to follow Santiago here because the key, he's, he's a math guy. And at the end of the day, fantasy football is a math game. It's yeah, absolutely. probabilities and maximize. We've had some smart guests on here. Uh, you know, shout out to, to our friend of the show, the EDG, uh, that just had a conversation with them, things that it changed my perspective on the roster construction and really the treating each roster spot like as its own individual valuable thing. Cause I can yep. in years past in home leagues, like I would hoard a ton of running backs and the idea was I would keep them. And so my league mates couldn't, couldn't have them. And I would kind of taunt them with, you know, Hey, I got a Joe Mixon, <laughs> you know, we're going to be talking about him on this show. Joe. Oh, yeah, Mixon. No. <laughs> um, you know, Hey, I got Joe Mixon on my bench where he probably belongs. Uh, but you can, you can't start him against me. <laughs> but in talking with guys that, um, that have a math background or um, with Chris, he's, he's worked with, Oh, was it the, I just blanked on his name, Patrick Murphy, Patrick Murphy, that is helps with making lineup decisions and draft decisions. And, and he actually contributed to the player profiler, Scott Fishbowl rankings. Um, it's, you know, learn that like, Hey, like, yeah, you can find receivers later and later in drafts, but like, you, know, you need to, you get a guy that's slipping, like draft him because you have to maximize your, your starting lineup. And it doesn't make sense if you're using early draft picks on players that can't start. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So that applied mathematics degree. That's, that's crazy. I, I started as an engineer. I took plenty of math, but I, I'm sure nowhere near the amount of <laughs> math courses. I stopped at calculus three. So what, what's past calculus three? <laughs> Oh, uh, depends. Because well, the thing with applied maths, I mean, I'm going to start rambling a little bit here, but it's just very versatile. You can just go and specialize in whatever direction you want. So it can be statistics. It can be just pure math. It can be a whole lot of things. So if it really depends. I, I still haven't decided when I, uh, what I want to finish as. So that's, that's a journey that I have to take later. I'll let you know. Yeah, absolutely. So if I heard that correctly, like... Are you still working on your your degree? I thought you, that you had the degree. So, oh. <laughs> no, not yet. I'm okay. halfway there. Gotcha. I'm starting my junior year. Gotcha. Oh, my goodness. Wow, you're even younger than I thought. So that's going to be crazy. So, like, Ryan, Ryan's got some years on me, and and I am I, I'm my year 30, um, hoping for a breakout age. You know, it's not looking <laughs> so good for me. <laughs> you know, hair is already starting to, to, to go away. You know, about the only thing I got going for me is Viking braids here. So <laughs> nice beard. Yeah. Uh, I, like I, I had to make up because I don't have hair up here. And, <laughs> and you know what I, I work, I, I work in it. And you know, the thing is it's, I, I'm around people and they see me, but most times I, I have my own lab. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My, my job is to get things uh, to fix them up. And most times I'm, you know, working on computers. So that's why I need to, we were talking about this off camera, but uh, to start doing the, the R coding course from, from Josh Larkin. Yeah, for sure. And speaking of that, you had actually taken his R coding 
course, which is thatrcodingsite.com. If you're thinking about coding, definitely need to check out Josh's course. I've done the first course there and he, he makes that so enjoyable. So if, if you're intimidated by doing coding, we actually have Santiago right here that's taken it. He can probably tell you it's not so bad. It's actually gonna be enjoyable and it's gonna help separate you. If you're trying to make it in this field, do some coding. It's it's certainly open the door because the the reason that 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 we that we got that we get to follow some of your work is that you work for a site, Brodo Fantasy Football, and you're doing some pretty awesome stuff there. Like um, one one of the models you created that we're going to talk about on the show is the rushing yards over expected model. So was that an idea that you had, and then you took the R coding site from Josh, and you're like, finally, I can. I have this idea and now I can create it. Well, my incursion into the fantasy industry came pretty much alongside of me taking the VR course. So all this big fantasy related or football related ideas or analytic ideas didn't come as soon. So it was more after I finished the, the course that I realized I could do so much more. And these ideas started flooding in. What could we do with this? What could we do with that? So yeah, I came after. Nice, nice. Well, hey, I mean, that's it's so cool to see people work in this field together that like something that Josh brought to the community of a coding course that then you're able to do that and then able from there to create some of these awesome tools that, yes, I know some people that may not be so much into analytics, like they love fantasy football, but they kind of, they, they point to you, they point to me, they point to, to Ryan, they go, nerds, you know, you guys just hmm. use numbers. Like it's, it, the fact that you're able to create statistics here that, that we're able to use. And I'm always up for like learning, learning about some new numbers I could use, especially I'm playing in a dynasty league. I want to, I really like when there's some predictive analysis there. Mm, when there's yeah, a tool sure. saying, get this guy. We're definitely going to talk about a little bit of the predictive analysis. I love it. I want any edge in fantasy football. So the fact that Josh had a product that, that helped you create a product that we're going to talk about. It's fantastic. Love it. Uh, let's see. And, and actually speak of some of the projects and, and actually articles as well. Is there anything that you're working on that you're able to share with us? I know sometimes, especially projects, it may be kind of tight lip there. I don't need the Brodo fantasy football guys coming for me. I just, we're, we just want good radio guys. <laughs> mm, um, I don't know if there's anything big in the works right now what i would like to share is uh, we have an app it's the the fantasy football by brodo app you can find it you know in app store google store wherever and we have all our content there you know we have the articles the tools you were mentioning the statistics we've made just general statistics it's all inside the app that's like our biggest current project because we're still even though it's out we're still working on it every day trying to make it better that's our big project Fantastic. Yeah, the, the application. Also, the, the, the website is brotofantasy.com as well. So if I know some people, for whatever reason, some people don't like apps. If you don't like apps, hmm. there's a website and you can uh, all the things that Santiago just mentioned, you can view the same things on the website, too. And it's some impressive stuff. I've been following the app since it was launched or 
Um, I think you would have a uh, beta tester before launch. Yeah, sure. and it didn't it didn't let me test it, unfortunately. Like I tried, but I think it was restricted to Apple phones. But I was like, I'm yeah, trying. I, you know, I, I like the work that you guys are doing over there. And, you know, it's anyone that's got a good product, especially small guys. Like, I'm, I'm a small guy. You know, this podcast, you know, that Ryan and I got going, it's small. I think we got like 30 followers. Sometimes the YouTube videos is like two views and one maybe me. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's uh, it, with when you believe in good products, too. Like it is not because you guys are just small. I see this and I, I pull up and, and I actually have one of my monitors. If I'm looking over to the side, it's because I got monitor, monitor, laptop. So I have I have the statistics here. It, keep, it keeps refreshing on me, but I was going back over the rushing yards over expected model and going, oh, this is good stuff because running backs are hard to evaluate because oh, yes. people always go, his offensive line's bad, his offensive line's good. Rushing yards over expected, I feel, is a great way to kind of paint a picture too uh, on that. But we'll get more into that when we bring when we have Ryan on on the show. You know, we have full transparency here. You know, is this going to be the opening segment, the middle segment, the ending segment? Who knows? Who knows? Ryan may disappear <laughs> in the middle of the podcast and then come back in. You know, and I'm expecting like some special effects there, Ryan. Um, I think. Let's see. I know that there's the rushing yards over expected. You had an article too that I uh, that I also enjoyed that we'll briefly talk about because maybe, maybe, just maybe we can get you back on to have a full episode talk about this. But it was the article was where do targets come from, which is a great talking point because sometimes on Twitter people are just throwing out stuff that is. What do I want to say on that? Like it's they make a statement, but like where's the numbers? And the article you had was literally here's the numbers <laughs> yes. on, on this. So um, do you want to talk a little bit more about the where targets come from? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, this I mean actually the the, the I article itself came from a, a Twitter argument I was having with someone. It's, uh, at the beginning of my fantasy incursion in Twitter, someone mentioned then that RB targets are more correlated to the QB than the RVs themselves. So then I got into an argument with another guy and we were talking about it. So I decided, okay, I'm going to dive into the numbers and check out what's what. So what I did was uh, separate by position. So tight ends, running backs, and wide receivers and analyzed coaches, QBs, teams, and, and the players themselves. What were What was the stickier metric year to year. And what I actually did find out is that wide receivers and tight ends are correlated with themselves. So they carry their name carries more weight when it comes to how many targets they get while RBs actually depend on their QB. So that's just the whole article dives into what's the most predictive measure for targets depending on position. And it was a brilliant article too. And, and, and what I also appreciate too, is like, yes, like when you first look at the article, if, if it's a new person looking at it, it's so easy to get overwhelmed and go, Oh my gosh, there's four graphs. Ah, but I, I have to say that it was, it was an easy graph to follow uh, on that. And then I, I thought that that's your talking points too in the, in the article, it was easy to follow. It was very clear. Um, 
it, it's also a chance to, you know, we, we talked to, about Josh Larkey's art coding course, but just even reading some of your articles, like it can help people maybe become familiar with some of the terminology that might go with graphs uh, as well. So I appreciate it. It was, it was a easy read, which is great because it's a great topic. There's a lot of detailed information, which is good, but at the same time, it's not, here's 3000 words uh, yeah. on it. It, it was, um, it's like the acronym for KISS, right? Keep it simple, stupid. So it was, <laughs> that, that article was KISS. It was- <laughs> Thank you. But, but it was, I also liked that I came away and I learned something too, because I am certainly, I am certainly uh, guilty of having some takes before where like, I don't even realize that I'm just kind of making a, an assumption um, that I've just like accepted. Like uh, I, we talked about Twitter interactions. That's been one of my favorite thing uh, about Twitter is I had a guy, I had, it's Alex. Sorry, Alex. I can't off the top of my head. I cannot remember your Twitter handle, but I actually just shouted him out recently. And he had a, he had a great uh, conversation with me last year on Will Fuller, because admittedly yeah. I, I was still new to like writing and, and when I call myself an analyst now, I realize I'm like, okay, I really need to truly analyze and like go in. Like if I'm about to make a statement, I want to make sure that I have spent plenty of time, like looking at the data and just saying, yeah. Hey, here's what the data is telling me. Um, and he was able to sell me on Will Fuller because I was definitely in the group think of Will Fuller's injury prone. Therefore like he sucks and because he got me on Will Fuller, I definitely drafted Fuller in a league. And, you know, maybe there was some performance enhancing drugs, but you know what? <laughs> Those performance enhancing drugs helped me win some weeks. So uh, <laughs> all, all morality for fantasy football just out the window there. But, you know, it's having these interactions and, and getting people, like finding people that, that think differently and especially the people that have opposite takes. Like, I love sure. it. I, I don't want people to just go and agree with my, my uh, takes. Like, even if it's something I research, I just had a Miles Sanders piece that, that came out that was talked about, Hey, like he's going to be on the breakout running back. And for the most part, people really like it, but I, I had a couple of people that are against it, but like, I like seeing what they're saying on that. And, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And just being like, Oh, so, okay. You, you think Kenny Gainwell will be bigger than what I think I, I, I like that. Maybe, maybe they even bring something I haven't considered and I can go back and go, okay, I'm missing something. So conversation, it's almost lost in on Twitter these days. But, it's an art. It's an art. Yeah. Maybe sure. we, maybe we should just have people on our podcast and, you know, I get a referee shirt and I have <laughs> debates, which speaking of that, like one of the things that we'll, we'll either be doing before the segment or after the segment, depending on where it's <laughs> going to fit in the podcast is we we are going to have a, a great debate too on two sophomore running backs the reason for this debate actually comes from santiago who wrote an article um talking about two sophomore running backs and which one has i guess you could say the brighter 2020 uh, sorry 2021 outlook in jk Dobbins yes. and deandre swift so um I think that's going to be a great conversation we're going to have for the listeners. We won't spoil it, but going into this, into the debate, it is something that fantasy football players need to, to listen to both sides and, and make their decision from that because both running backs going around the same ADP, uh, there are things to like, and I think don't like about 
both sides. So yeah. here on the, on the podcast, we're not here to tell the listeners do this or, or you're dumb. It's, hey, we'll have some debates. We had a 4th of July podcast a couple of weeks ago where we, we talked about some topics as well. And Ryan and I took opposite stances and, and the goal will be the listeners to maybe learn some things on each side of the argument, come away from that make their own decisions. So exactly. you're going to be selling us on JK Dobbins and either myself or Ryan, one of us is going to take the Deandre Swift side. We're going to have a good conversation on that one. Oh, for sure. 